Over the past few years, I have asked you guys to give me a rating and review. And if you've done that, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. It's so helpful. But if you haven't, I get it. I kind of get it. Like, I'm asking you to go and click on this thing and then like, how do I do it? And then I have to come up with some kind of a review and I don't know what to say and I'll do it later, right? I, I get it. I've, I've kind of been there before. I, I know exactly how you feel. And so I'm not asking you to do that now, okay? What I'm asking you to do now is so easy. Anybody can do it and it literally takes like one second. Go into whatever you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on, they all have it, and just click on the subscribe button. Just subscribe. It takes one second. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to come up with a review and write it all out and you know be self-conscious about it. Just hit that subscribe button. That would be so, so, so impactful for me. And if you're enjoying this and getting a lot out of it, that would mean the world to me. It really would. And it's so easy. Anyone can do it. Like, let's literally stop listening right now. Stop listening. Go and do it. That's how much it means to me. Nobody ever asks you to leave their show and stop listening for anything. But I'm asking you to stop listening right now. Go and just quickly subscribe. Come right back and take a listen. That would mean the world to me. I would really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And I really appreciate it. Thanks. Unfortunately, it's human nature to have a lot of fear when things are changing and the market's changing a little bit now. And so we have a little bit of fear as humans of how do, what do we do? How do we navigate this, you know, this new environment? You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm excited to be back with you in another solo episode where I talk into the microphone and hopefully you listen. This is not an interview. This is not my Q&A. This is something else. It's me sharing with you one-on-one -on -one some thoughts that I'm having, some inspiration, some tactics, some strategies to help you get to the next level in your business. And speaking of the next level, guys, I have gone on record on Facebook and some other social media platforms and said, I have a very specific goal this year. I want to help 100 people get to six or seven figures in their business. If you're already doing six figures, I want to get you to seven. If you're not doing six figures yet, I want to help get you there in 2023. I'm going to help 100 people. I have a bunch of people that have already raised their hand and said, I want to be one of the 100. And so I'm starting to work with those folks now. It is definitely not too late. I don't care when you're hearing this, we can get it done. I can help you, but I can only help a certain amount of people because I'm only one person and, and I just have this plan and I have this mission and I'm going to accomplish it. And I put it out there so that I'm accountable and I need you. So raise your hand if it's something that's interesting to you. If you want to get to six figures and you're not there yet, if you're at six figures and want to get to seven figures, I want to help you. All you have to do is reach out to me on Facebook. You can find me at Mike Simmons. You can go to Just Start Real Estate on Facebook if you want and tag me there or uh, shoot me a DM. But reach out on Facebook to let me know you want to be in the 100 Club. There's thousands of people out there that need this. I know if you want to be one of the 100 that I'm helping, just reach out to me through Facebook and we can get it done. All right, guys. Let's take you into my solo episode this week. I'm excited to bring it to you, and here we go. 
All right, here we go. As you know, I'm doing something a little bit different than what I've done in the recent past. When I started this podcast, uh, I did a lot of solo episodes. I would do uh, an interview once a week, and and then I would do five. I'm sorry four solo episodes throughout the rest of the week. So I had five episodes that I was producing every single week and four of them were solo. And I kind of moved away from that schedule for a couple reasons. Um, one of them was it is absolutely crazy trying to do five episodes of a podcast. It's not easy. If you've ever done a podcast, um, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you can imagine anything that you do five days a week uh, that needs to be produced and show notes and all the things that go into making a podcast, it could be pretty daunting. So long story short, I stopped doing five a week and I started doing one a week. And then at some point, uh, a couple of years ago, I started doing two a week because that seemed like a good sweet spot. One of those episodes was my uh, Wednesday Q&A that I would do online on Facebook and in YouTube and all these other places. And uh, I've recently shut that down and I've gone back to this format, which is on Thursdays, I do a solo episode of the show where I talk about a subject or something that I want to talk about. And, you know, it's usually 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes at the most, probably Um, just sort of a a, a kind of a bite size um, show that you can take in on a short drive and, and whatnot. But there's definitely things that I want to talk about that I don't always get to if I'm just doing interviews or just doing, you know, Q and A's with people, I'm, I'm answering their questions. And so I, I don't necessarily drive where that's going to go. It ends up where it ends up. And I love doing that. It's a lot of fun. And I know a lot of you have told me that you enjoy listening to those Q and A's, um, but it was time to kind of move on and, and shake things up a little bit. And so I want to do these these solo episodes so that I can give you some value and talk about some things that I think are relevant and timely and will help you in your business, maybe more even than just listening to Q&As of other people's questions. And even though that's great, I think it it made a lot of sense for folks. This allows me to get a little bit more deep into certain subjects that I I feel like you need as as investors. And I know that... um, that I need it some from time to time. I want to hear something very specific about what I have going on now. And, and I love listening to solo episodes from podcasts that I listen to. So here we go. Today, what I want to talk about is um, I'm actually, as I record this, I'm getting ready to go out of town and, and go to Nashville. And in Nashville, there's going to be uh, about 250 to 300 really good at, uh, in, investors, really smart real estate investors um, that I'm going to be working with, uh, coaching, doing some hot seats, uh, doing some property tours and breaking down some deals. And we're really just going to talk real estate for uh, about five days straight. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But I know I know what is going to be... Br- I know right now, guys, I'm telling you, because you're probably thinking these things too. What's going to be brought up is, what do we do in this market? How do our How can our business survive with house prices that are going down, with interest rates that are going up, and you know we're having a hard time selling properties. If you're a house flipper, if you're a wholesaler, then the the subjects and I think the topics are going to be uh, my buyers are sort of starting to shy away a little bit, and and I know this is going to dominate the week. I just know it is, and I really one thing I really don't like when it comes to these types of of um, meetups and getting together with folks is unfortunately it's human nature to have a lot of fear when things are changing and the market's changing a little bit now 
And so we have a little bit of fear as humans of how do, what do we do? How do we navigate this, you know, this new environment? And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a sneak peek of, of what I'm going to be saying. And I'm probably going to have to say this 20 different ways throughout the course of the five days. The, the message that I would give to, I am going to give to them and I would give to you if you're, think, if you're thinking the same things like, I'm nervous, I'm scared, what do I do? I've been flipping houses for a couple of years and things are changing and it's hard to sell. And you know, I'm a wholesaler, I've been doing this for a couple of years and my buyers aren't buying. I would say to you, number one, you don't have to just change everything you're doing. And, and I, I've heard this like leading up to this meeting that I'm gonna go to, people are asking things like, how do I revamp my business? How do I change what I've been doing so that I can compete and succeed in this environment? And I think the answer is you don't change necessarily your business. Okay. So if you're a house flipper, you don't have to stop flipping houses. That's not the answer to just blow up your entire strategy and kind of completely do something brand new because house prices have dropped 10 or 15%. Like that, that's not. That's not a logical, rational reaction to a fairly small to medium-sized problem. That's not what you do. If you're a house flipper and that's what you love doing and that's what you've built a business around and that's what you know and you're good at and your team is good at and your private investors are expecting, you don't you don't stop flipping houses and decide you're going to be a landlord or you're going to do short-term rentals and you're just going to completely stop flipping houses unless you hate flipping houses and you kind of want to stop doing it anyway. If you love flipping houses and that's what you're good at and that's what you've had a success with over the last few years, you can still be a house flipper, guys. You don't have to you don't have to change. If you're a wholesaler with all the same stuff going on, same answer. You can still be a wholesaler. I wholesaled when the market was down. I wholesaled when the market kind of skyrocketed over the last few years. And I'm a wholesaler now. And I'm having success in all of them because it's not the it's not the mechanics of your business. It's not like you don't throw out the engine. Okay. When you're having an engine problem, you tweak the engine. You figure out what you need to do to make it run optimally, optimally again. You don't just change the entire engine out. Okay. That's not logical or rational. And it would be kind of the same level of of insanity as if your car started making a weird noise. If you brought it to the mechanic and they said, we're going to have to rip your entire engine out and put in a brand new engine, you'd go, whoa, 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 hold on. Is the whole engine bad or does it need new spark plugs? Is the whole engine bad or you know, is my coolant leaking and that's why I'm having like, or is the oil, you know, need to be changed? Like, why do we have to throw the whole engine out? You wouldn't do it with your car. Why are you doing it with your business? Or why are you thinking about doing it with your business? Now, again, like I said, if you're a house flipper or a wholesaler or whatever, and you're like, I, I've been, I hated it since the minute I started. I've never enjoyed it. I, and now the market's changing and I'm struggling. And so you're struggling and you don't like the business you're running and you want to do short-term rentals, fine. Then change the short-term rentals, but don't make it about the the market. Make it about not liking your business strategy and wanting to change it. That's totally understandable, okay? But don't change for the market. What needs to change when the market changes, the one thing, the one lever, and I'm not saying nothing else can change, okay? But the major lever that I think goes across all businesses, all, all real estate businesses, all strategies, everything is you have to change 
the language that you use when you're talking to sellers specifically and also buyers, especially if you're a wholesaler. The conversation you're having with your buyers and the information that you give them or, you know, I don't usually add renovation budgets and ARVs and things like that to my to my dispositions marketing. I don't I don't use that um I don't give them that information because I feel like if you're a legit buyer, you you already have that information, right? But in this market, if I have a buyer that's a little bit skittish, you know, and he's like, "Well, what do you think the values are? Like, what do you think the rehab is?" I might be more inclined to have those conversations now because I know there's some trepidation, there's a little bit of nervousness going through that community. And so maybe I'll be a little bit more helpful on the back end and a little bit more sympathetic to their concerns. I might have longer conversations about the market and trying to make them feel a little better about what's going on. And um, so that's happening on the back end where I'm normally on the back end as a wholesaler. I'm we're usually pretty black and white. We're we're pretty, you know, straightforward. Um, you know, we don't we don't get super warm and fuzzy on the back end typically because I don't think buyers really need that. But in this environment, they might need a little bit. They might be a little bit scared and they need a little bit more reassurance and, and kind of perspective of what's going on. And, and I'm willing to have those conversations. But on the front end, when it comes to sellers, your acquisitions folks really need to change their language. Because two years ago, a year and a half ago, when we're in the middle of all the prices skyrocketing, what was the conversation like with those sellers? I, I'll bet it was something like this. Mr. Mrs. Seller, yes, I realize uh, your neighbor just sold for a billion dollars. You know, I'm using hyperbole, but in in your house, when you go on Zillow, it says it's worth you know a hundred thousand dollars more than it was worth a year ago. I get that, and I still want to buy your house, and I can't pay that top dollar. And then you'd you'd have to go into the conversation of what is their motivation? You know, why do they need to sell? And then you find out they need to sell because you know they have some pressing personal issue going on, and they need to get out of town and, and restart somewhere else. And you know maybe they have family out of town that that they are going to go and, and help, or maybe they need help, and so they're going to move out of town to be closer to family, like whatever it is, right? So when the house prices were soaring, you had to really focus on what their motivation was in order to sort of make your offer make sense, right? I can make all of these problems go away that you just spent the last half hour detailing and telling me about. I can make all that go away. I can solve all of your life's problems. But here's the price that I'm going to need to get your house for in order to make all that happen. Okay, that was kind of the conversation that we had. I'm I'm super generalizing, but essentially you had to make them understand why you weren't going to pay them a billion dollars for their house, you know. They have all these issues and yes, their house is worth more than it was a year ago. But, you know, the neighbor who just sold for a billion dollars, they also just put, you know, a ton of money into their house. They revamped the whole thing. They renovated the whole thing. New kitchen, new bathroom, new floors, new walls, new windows, new roof, new furnace, everything, right? They redid the whole house. The house you're looking at hasn't been touched since the, you know, the 90s or the 80s. And so you have those are the conversations we've always had. It has nothing to do with the market, but you had to make them understand why even in a market where the house prices are soaring, they need to sell to you at a discount because you're going to help them with all of their personal challenges and, their, and all their motivation behind selling in the first place. Okay, that was what we had, you know, last year and the year before. This year, house prices are going down, guys. So usually in in real estate, when it comes to real estate investing, you have 
a challenge on one end or the other of this whole real estate investing cycle, right? You either have a hard time on the front end with the sellers because house prices are soaring. And then when that happens, though, on the back end, the sell side, life is really easy for you because prices are soaring. And so that's what we experienced over the last, you know, uh, 24 to 30 months. House prices were soaring. So you bought a house, even if you bought it a little too high, by the time you renovated and went to sell it, house prices had gone up so much that it was laughably easy to sell houses, wholesale or retail. So easy to sell houses. It was challenging on the front end to get the good price, the price that you needed to get because house prices were soaring. So easy, I'm sorry, hard on the front end, easy on the back end. Everything is flip-flopping now. It's getting a little bit, it should be getting easier on the front end with house prices going down and interest rates going up. That should make it easier for us on the front end. And it does make it easier for us. But what we're seeing is, over the past 24 to 30 months, the back end has been so good and so easy. Now it isn't. It's harder. House prices are going down. It's just going up. Buyers are starting to like freeze up a little bit and they don't want to buy from you as a wholesaler. Homeowners, you know, and buyers who are going to live in the house are starting to back off a little bit because interest rates are so high and, and prices are going, going down and they want to wait. Maybe prices will go down more. And so the back end's getting harder and we all get nervous, right? We're like, well, the front end was been hard. Now the back end's hard. Yeah, well, the back end's hard, which means the front end is going to get easier. It almost always works that way. When one end gets difficult, the other end gets easy. When one end gets easy, the other end gets difficult. It's just the way it works most of the time. And we're going into that time. But what we're not understanding as investors is let's talk about that front end. If that's the end that's supposed to get easy, how does it get easy? What do we do? Well, we have conversations with sellers. We educate them on the fact that maybe their house last year was worth $300,000. This year, their house is worth $250,000. It's gone down in value. It just has, according to whatever you're looking at, right? And most people are looking at Zillow. Let's be honest. Most people are looking at Zillow. And Zillow can be your friend. It's not always accurate. But homeowners don't have anything else to look at, really, right? They know Zillow, and that's about it. And so they want to go on and see what the Zestimate is for their house. Well, this can work against you. But if it works for you, then use it. If you can show them that, hey, Zillow is showing us right here. Your house was worth $300,000 18 months ago when your, when your neighbor sold their house, or, or 12 months ago when your neighbor sold their house. But now your house is worth $240,000. It's gone down. You can see it for yourself, right? They usually will accept that. So it's and it's true by the way. We're not we're not selling them a line of BS. This is totally true. Their house values are lower. My house values are lower than what they were a year ago, year and a half ago. And so they have to realize that the house value is going down, interest rates are going up. It's not going to get easier to sell their house in the coming months. It's going to get harder for them to sell their house. And whatever their motivation is, we still use that motivation as even more incentive for them to sell to us. So we really need to work on getting that buy price as low as possible on the front end because it's true. On the back end, it is getting harder. If you're a retail, like a house flipper and you're selling retail, 
you can't really control what the market's doing, right? You have to react to it. And so you have to get you have to get these homes cheaper than you were getting them a year and a half ago or a year ago. You have to get them cheaper. And so you have to work on that front end process and the conversations you're having with the seller to get that price down. If you're a wholesaler, same deal. You've got to get better deals. You need to have those conversations with your buyers. And, and frankly, if you're a wholesaler, now is the time to really try to strengthen your buyers list, to, to work on that thing so that you don't have a bunch of hobbyists, onesie, twosie buyers as the only people on your list because the hobbyist and the people that are doing this as a side hustle, they can totally slow down or stop as long as they want. They can wait this whole thing out until house prices start going back up because they have a nine to five that you know they, or something. They have some other income that they're that they're relying on to put food on the table and pay their bills. And so if they're only buying a couple houses a year and they are they have a, a full-time job and they're kind of doing this as a side hustle, yeah, it's gonna be get real challenging if that's who all your buyers are. But I know because I've spoken to some buyers, house flippers that do this professionally. This is all they do. They're house flippers. They're not, you know, a lawyer and a house flipper by night. They're just, they just flip houses. That's all they do. And I've talked to those folks. You think they're stopping buying houses? They can't. This is how they put food on the table. This is how they pay their bills. This is how they pay their employees. So most of them that I know, the good ones, are figuring out how to how to make their business work in this new market. And one specific guy in my market that I talked to just recently, he's actually increased his goals. He's he has higher goals in terms of volume and revenue than he had than he planned on having 2 or 3 months ago at the at the end of the year. Like he's he's actually optimistic about the market that we're going into. It's because he's smart. He knows it's going to get easier for him to buy houses. And so his exit strategy can be adjusted a little bit if he wants. He can start holding on to more of them. Um, he can do better renovations and he can sort of like, you know, when everyone else is backing off, you know, when everyone else is running out of the building, when you run in, sometimes it creates opportunity. And so we have to understand that buying houses can, should, and will get easier. But the back end sales, we can't control what consumers do, right? We can only react to it. And so we have to figure out that exit strategy in the back end. You know, one thing I compare this to a little bit, some of the the, the attitudes, and I'm going to bring this up when, I, when I'm in front of this group over the next few days, is it's kind of what I call the Mike Tyson syndrome. Mike Tyson, for whatever you think about him personally, doesn't matter, as a boxer, he was incredible. He was generationally talented. Arguably the most impressive, dominant, heavyweight fighter in history. Now, that that could be debated. And I am a, I am a boxing lover. I, I, and I understand the history of it. I get it. There's the Rocky Marcianos never defeated, right? The Muhammad Ali is obviously great. But despite all that, arguably one of the best. Certainly one of the scariest. I don't even think that's up for debate. He is in the, in the top you know, I think he's probably the most intimidating heavyweight ever, but you could definitely make the argument he's in the top three, right? The thing with Mike Tyson was, and I watched him in the 80s, I was old enough to watch his fights and to be aware of what was going on. He beat his opponents before he ever got in the ring. They were terrified. And if they weren't terrified before they got in the ring, 
they were 100% terrified once they got in the ring and saw him and were in the environment. He he won the fight before he even, before the first bell rang. He had already won the fight because the other person was just trying not to get killed. They were just trying not to get their head beat in, right? I think people are doing that right now in real estate. They're predetermining that they're afraid and things are going to go bad for them. They're seeing the market change. You know, house prices go down 10 or 15%. 20% and everyone's freaking out. They already think they're going to go out of business. They already think they're going to lose money. Like they've lost the fight before they even start fighting. And make no mistake, when the market turns, and it always turns, right? It always goes up and down. It just does. You have to fight because I'm not a big fan of batting down the hatches and let's just try to survive. I think we need to try to thrive. And when things are changing, market going up or down or whatever it's doing, there's an opportunity there for smart investors who are willing to look at the situation, adapt their language as, as the sales part of their business, adapt the way they're, they're going about their business and adapt the way they're interacting with buyers and sellers. I think there's an opportunity to thrive, not to just survive, but to thrive. So think about that. Change your language. Do not throw out you know, the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Don't stop being a house flipper when house flipping is what you love and be, decide you're going to become a long-term, you know, landlord or, you know, buy properties to put on Airbnb. Be a house flipper. Figure out, if you want to do this long-term, by the way, you better figure out how to do it in an appreciating market, in a declining market, in a flat market. <clears throat> you have to figure out how to do this business in all of those markets, if you want to be in the business, right? So that's my that's my message to you today. Do not get beat before you even start fighting. Do not think you have to change everything just because the market's shifting a little bit. You can win in this environment. It has a lot to do with the language. How are you talking to sellers? How are you talking to buyers? But don't quit, don't give up, and don't change everything just because the market's changing a little. All right, guys, that's it for today. I'll talk to you next time. All right, guys, there you go. My solo episode. I'm really enjoying doing these. Hope you guys are enjoying it as well. And uh, listen, don't change everything. You don't have to just because the market moves up or down a little bit. Like, let's figure out how we don't change everything. We tweak some things. We just tweak the engine a little bit and make it go like it was going before or better. All right, guys, that's my message for today. Have a great week.